Hey, welcome to our fourth session on dealing with mourning to dancing, grieving and loss and all of those, well, not so good things. But, you know, it is a natural part of life for us to grieve, to mourn, so that we can move on with our lives. We've covered a lot of material so far, and we're going to continue on today looking at how do you get through, really, loss, and how do you help others to get through losses in their life. Hey, remember, if you want to learn more about vision and what we do, it's at vision.edu. You can also learn more about what I do at drstandicoven.com and get our books and materials at booksbyvision.org. Anyway, I want to start by just looking at just kind of a like a case study, if you will. You know, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4, we talk about, it talks about how they, the children of Israel had an appetite for old things. Uh, the old things had to do with uh, going back to Egypt, where they, leeks and garlics were free. Well, of course, nothing was free. They were slaves. But anyway, they were longing for uh, a place where they felt more comfortable, less afraid, less uh, concerned about their daily life. The wilderness was not a happy place for many of those that were a, a part of the exodus. And so even though God's plan and intention was to get them into the land of promise, they were in the middle of the wilderness and it wasn't necessarily, again, a happy place. You know, when, you're, when you have a loss, it is like you're going into a wilderness. It's uncharted territory. And, you know, part of coming alongside and helping someone as they're going through their, their loss is, is really to, like being a guide in the desert, in the wilderness, to help them to get through what they have to get through, to say goodbye to what was. You know, one of the, for God himself, it was pretty easy to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. It was tough for God to get Egypt out of the children of Israel. The, the dealing with saying goodbye, letting go, is, it's easier said than done, but it is a necessary part of the process. Uh, you know, in many ways, there was a, a great fear that they had at that time that their, their needs would never be met that the longings of their heart could not be satisfied. And that's what you often experience when you've lost especially a loved one. Will life ever be sweet again? Can life ever be good? And it's, it really is a question that many people have. And of course, if you're helping them uh, in their journey, you don't want to necessarily tell them, oh yeah, everything's going to be wonderful, everything's going to be okay. Well, it might be, it might not be, but either way, the process to get to be okay, it's a long one, and it's not easy. We know that God's plan for all of us is to mold us into his image. He, he wants us to, as his children, to be blessed and prospered. We know that God is a healer, and in reality, when we go through a loss, we feel totally alone, but in truth, we're not alone. Not if we're in Christ, and Christ is in us. We know that we're not alone, but that doesn't negate the fact that we feel alone. And that's really, it is so normal to feel as though what I'm experiencing right now, nobody else has. Well, of course, thousands, millions have experienced major loss from a number of different places and ways. And yet somehow they've been able to get through it. I mean, even as we know, God experienced, the Father experienced incredible loss. 
I mean, in Isaiah 53, it talks about how, you know, he was bruised and, and, and it pleased the Lord. This is a strange one to me in many ways, to crush Jesus. He became a, a guilt offering for us. And we live by this wonderful grace. He, he saw what Jesus was willing to do and he was satisfied. Not satisfied in the sense of good, I, can fi I finally took out all my wrath and punishment. No, satisfied that, that the, the offer that the Son made to the Father to become the sacrifice for our sins, it was fulfilled, it was done, it was complete. He bore and bears our iniquities. And by the chastisement he received, because of the stripes that he received, we can be healed. We can be restored. And even in the greatest of losses, I mean, the picture that we see, the redemptive picture over and over again is, yes, there's death and there's burial, but there's also resurrection. There is also new life for those that believe. Psalm 147.3 talks about how he heals and binds up the wounded. Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, talks about the, the, the Spirit of God and the anointing. That, and he brings good news to us to proclaim liberty or freedom, God's favor. He comforts the mourners. And again, as we've mentioned before, if you've never mourned, you're not likely going to be comforted. He provides in place of our loss a garland, oil, praise, stability. He rebuilds and repairs to raise up what's called the former devastations. And there's nothing more devastating than the loss of a precious loved one. And so look, our, our response to a loss, I mean, first of all, I, I want to try and, and relay that God understands. And he's not passive. He's not way up in heaven and can't be touched. Oh no, he is touched. Jesus is touched by our infirmities, by our brokenness, our wounds, our issues. And so, you know, we need to come to the place where we're willing to kind of go through the process, if you will, of dealing with the loss that we've experienced. And the Bible presents for us some principles in regards to that. For instance, one of the, the natural processes, if you will, found in, in dealing with the, the Greeks at the time is found in, in Ephesians chapter 4, 17 to 24. And it's somewhat paralleled in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, Romans 12, 1 and 2 add to that. But really, it's simply to put off the old, renew the mind, and to put on the new. Now, the old, I mean, how do you put off someone that you love, that you I mean, it's, it doesn't mean to get rid of as in terms of memory, but it does mean to, to recognize what has happened, that I have experienced a loss, and by God's grace, I can and I must eventually let go of them. I have to grieve. I have to say goodbye. If you don't say goodbye, it's almost impossible to say hello to the new to the precious things that God still has for us. And so Paul here, now talking about general, he's talking about sin and problems and issues in people's lives, but it's really a similar concept as you have to be willing to let go and renew the mind. I mean, the, the, renew the mind simply means to line your mind up with what the Word of God says. And the Word of God does not say deny your loss, not at all, but it does say we need to mourn our loss. 
We need to cry and we need to talk about it. We need to reminisce and we need to remember and we need to eventually forget, not forget them, but forget the pain, forget to let it go, to say goodbye, to embrace what the word of God does say. We are those, we, are, we do grieve, but not without hope. We do have hope. We know that we already have eternal life and that we will eventually see our loved ones again. And then putting on the new is to embrace life. And it talks about embracing or putting on love and patience, etc. All of those things are, we continue the process of saying goodbye to the old, renewing the mind, putting on the new. In James chapter 1, it, it presents it in a similar way. It includes, you know, having the word of God pounded into us. Now those scriptures are, they're not directly applied to grieving, loss, mourning, etc., but they can be. Now again, if you're trying to help someone that's gone through a time of loss, you don't want to bring this stuff up to them in the early stage of their grieving process. Give them time. Give them time to, to cry. Give them time to, to, to mourn the loss that they've experienced. But as they begin to progress and they come to become more normalized as you will, you may want to present to them, you know, you can go through a healing process that can be quite transformative to you. You'll never forget the one that you loved. You'll never forget the loss that you've experienced, but the loss itself does not have to be forever painful to the level where it's debilitating to you. And so the process is, it requires, again, putting off and and in humility, receiving. And, you know, when you had a loss, you're in a vulnerable place. And it's helpful to know that there are people in the body of Christ that can come alongside of you and hear you and, and hang with you and, and help you to understand things more clearly. And so the, the process includes such things as, uh, again, sometimes, very practically, writing letters to those that you've lost. Uh, talking about it with a friend. For some, visiting a, a, uh, a gravesite uh, can be very comforting. I mean, there's different things that you can try to help you to say goodbye and then to say hello. But again, remember, it's a process. And part of that process includes, you know, essentially sowing and reaping. Luke chapter 6 speaks a lot about that. You know, it's literally to sow into yourself the good seed of God's word. God loves you. God accepts you. He understands. He's wounded with you. He is the wounded healer. But he's with you in the process. And if you can continue to sow, I don't mean to pretend like everything's okay. No, sow the good seed of God's word. If, if you're with people, make sure they're folks that are more on the positive than the negative side. You don't need a lot of negative seed sown into you. Uh, what you need is, is a clear, positive, wonderful word of God that will encourage you and strengthen you in your journey. And so the process, I mean, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, especially in ministering to folks in our next session, because, you know, really the, the important thing to remember is you, you do have to go through the process, but in the middle of that, God is with you, he will strengthen you, and he will help you to grieve and mourn and bring you to a place 
of acceptance and freedom in Him. Look forward to our next time.